Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. Dustin Johnson, up he goes! Victory for Dustin Johnson! On the first playoff hole in Live Golf history! Extraordinary by DJ! He takes out the clean sweep! Three beat for the four aces! DJ shout the crowd! He is our champion in Boston! Dustin Johnson, that was an eagle putt that he made in the sudden death playoff at the live event in Boston. Dom, what's the name of the guy that's doing the play-by-play for him? He's the, he's the, uh, the guy that hosts for Live Golf is the guy that, that came from, I think he worked for NBC, but he did soccer for NBC, football, if you please. Do you remember what his name is? I think it's Arlo, but let me look it up. I, that sounds right. To have him in that position, that was the, again, I haven't watched much of Live Golf, but I actually did get a chance because I was up at, as you guys know, I was up at NBC Sports all week hosting Golf Arlo Central pre White. and post game. Arlo yeah. White. So yeah. in that instance, what he sounded like the perfect host, doesn't he? Because it was, it's sudden death and it's, from the standpoint of it kind of reminded me of somebody scoring a, a goal in a soccer game. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, it was it was compelling. There's no way around that. I mean, you're, you know, a long putt to win a tournament. It's exciting. You Although, yelling, I saw somebody, I, I saw somebody <laughs> on social media that when the playoff kicked off and the playoff was listed as, as sudden death, they were like, does it mean something different in this league? So, as I mentioned, you guys, because I was up there, because we had a pregame show and a postgame show, our pregame show would go on the air at noon. Our post-game show wasn't till after the LPGA, after the Corn Ferry Tour Championship. So we didn't go on the air to at least 7 o'clock p.m. And the reason I say at least is because there's a little bit of leeway with live events in terms of when they finish. So it was the first time that I had a chance to actually watch any of the live event. Part of it is because I'm an idiot and I wasn't 100% sure where to find it. And the other part of it was usually, like everybody else... I was out and about at, at the time, and it was easy for me to watch the PGA Tour because I've got different ways I could watch it when I'm rolling. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. Bottom line is I had a chance to watch it. And from what I could see in terms of the broadcast, I believe, again, Dama, another uh, friend of ours from years past, I think Keith Herschelin is the, the main producer. He was the guy that used to be the main producer of the Golf for Golf channel back in the day. And you remember he wrote a book. I can't remember if he was let go before the book or after the book, but the book kind of cemented that the end of that relationship with, with golf channel. But I believe he's the producer of, of the live events. And from what I could see, I liked what I saw in terms of the broadcast. I I still wasn't wildly entertained uh, from one shot to the next, because there's a couple different things. As you guys know, Live 
sends everybody out at the same time. They have a shotgun start. Well, when you got players of this stature and they're playing a golf course from, you know, the professional tees, a golf course is built mostly modern golf courses. And, and I say that in that context, because even if it's an old classic golf course, it's probably been tweaked to be as, to be as modern as, as possible in terms of length and, and bunker placement and et cetera, et cetera. So what I'm saying is, is that most golf course, most modern golf courses playing from the professional tees are made so that it's a, it's a form of an ascension. You follow me? So that from one to 18, while there may be significant challenges along the way, even to the point you say, hey, the number one, you know, di- most difficult hole all week has been, for example, say the sixth hole. That, that's not unusual. But what I'm talking about is as you get down to the finish, be it 15, 16, 17, 18, even if it's 17, 18, even if it's 18 alone, most golf courses have that kind of ascension. So that as the pressure is starting to build, so too do the challenges you know, a, a lot of times, again, to modern golf courses, as you get past, say, 280, it starts to narrow. And that's how a golf course architect finds the balance between, you know, the everyday guy that's playing the golf course and the best in the world that might play it once a year. So that areas where the best in the world will want to hit their shot for the best approach, et cetera, it starts to get a little bit more challenging. You know, you got a bunker that you got to clear anywhere from say 280 to 310 or the the neck starts to starts to come in. So it, from that standpoint, I I wasn't crazy about the shotgun start because it was you know, I knew how many holes, I knew what hole everyone was into their round and I knew how many holes they had left because they all started at the same place relatively. Some There's a little bit of slowing up and speeding up with groups. It's natural. But generally, I was okay with that. I liked the way that on the, on the left side of the screen, I don't know if you guys have this anywhere if it's on that highlight that you showed, they, they have like a leaderboard, you know, so you can see where everybody stands. Uh, and that was there all the time on the left side of the screen. I thought that was pretty smart that at a glimpse, because I always judge everything from the standpoint of, I think that most people, when they're consuming their golf in the middle of the day and hanging out, take take a football game, for example. There's a reason why sports bars are packed on Saturdays and Sundays, because you got all these TV screens and everybody's watching all kinds of different games. Even if you go to a place where, you know, uh, pick a town, Gainesville, well, all those sports pubs or bars are going to have the, the Florida Gators game on. I get it. Uh, I remember a few years ago, Donna and I went to a, a place. I think it was called Miller's Ale House, if I'm not mistaken. It might, but it was a Super Bowl game. And I, it's the first time I've ever been in a sports pub where every single television was on the same thing. First time I'd ever seen it. It was, it was pretty cool. Uh, but what I'm saying is, is that I judge the visuals of sports based upon not hearing the commentary. And I know that may sound strange for a golf broadcaster, but that's honestly how I judge the visuals. I look at it from the standpoint of saying, if I'm with a bunch of buddies and we're drinking beers and eating chicken wings, can we look at that television screen regardless of the sport and can we know what's going on? 
almost instantly. Right now, all the sports have gotten much better at it than what they used to. Like when it, with baseball, you've always got the, you know, generally you've always got the, the, the image of, of the diamond up there. And you know, who's, you know who's on base. You know what the count is. You know what the score is. Obviously, you know what the inning, top or bottom, whatever. So from, from, from that standpoint, I liked the way the screen looked. It gave me a lot of information in terms of knowing what was going on. And ironically, here I am telling you about this. Where I was in the newsroom, I couldn't hear the volume, which just underscores why I think the visual is, is so important because you've got this working, you know, we're all at desks and everybody's working and there's some big monitors set up so you can see everything going on in the world of golf. But, and, and there was football underway too, in fairness, on Saturday at least. And, and so, you, you know, which, which monitor, you, which one do you choose to have the sound for? And in, in my case, at the time that I was watching it, I had asked for the sound for the LPGA. I had asked for the sound for the Corn Ferry Tour because those were two big tours that I needed to follow those stories on for what we were doing in the shows that were, that were coming up. So anyway, lo- very long-winded to say I liked the way the visuals looked with what I saw. Uh, the, following the action itself was, again, a little bit, different for me, but I'm also wondering if it was because it was the first time that I've really had to consume the product. So again, that was, that was my thinking. I thought the, the crowds I thought looked really good up there in Boston. The enthusiasm looked, looked really good. Uh, I, I don't know how people were, were getting their tickets. Again, that's, that's my own ignorance. I'm not, I'm not questioning uh, the, the method, because I don't know the method. I'm just saying, I, however, however it, it came together. Now, the video that you're watching here, Dom, what's the source of this video that you're showing us right now? I know this is from the Live event. Yeah, this is from Live Golf. Um, okay, they so they provide video sort of showing their, all the ancillary activities that they have on site at their events. What just happened there, Andrew? Sort of Can you rewind that? Non-golf did, did they stuff just snatch that from the kid? All right, hold on. I want to watch this again. I tell you to put it in slow motion if I could. All right, throws it in the air, comes down on the ground. Kid goes after it. Who grabbed it? <laughs> I missed there what was just happened there. It. Let's watch this There's again. Hold on, hold on, it. hold on. Oh, here we go. Here we oh, go. Oh, Andrew's got it half speed. <laughs> goes up in the air. I see a kid in the blue going for it. Dives at the end zone. There on the ground. That kid dived for it and he missed it. She got it too quick. That's what happened. She, the woman got it. Yes, she touched it before he did. So I, I, I wouldn't say she stole it from him, but she was lightning she fast. Was I killed it. I still didn't see the ground. There was a kid diving in there to grab it. All right. So this is this is video from them, which I don't know. It it shows a it shows a, a whole diverse range of things that people can do. Now this. This isn't particularly new at events. Most events have a fan village with a whole variety of different things. I don't, I don't know if it incites people to tackle each other for whatever it is they were getting. I'm assuming that was a T-shirt or something that they were shooting around there. And and this one, this one looks like it was professionally made because they they are doing a really good job of showing a, a, a cross section of golf fans. And it looks like it's pretty well attended, too. Again, I, I'm just trying to gauge everything that's going on here. 
Yeah, let's see that video of when, when DJ made that putt, because you got to assume everybody, all the fans are going to be at the same hole, right? And you can see him up there on the hill. That's, pr- yeah, pretty dense. I mean, that's a crowd. Look at that. That's not yeah. nobody. No, no. <laughs> there's, there's people there watching, uh, you know, but, you know, that's, I would think that that's a majority of the fans on property, though. Well, right? it has to be. Yeah, I mean, who, who's, who's going to be sitting on 17 going, I hope they go one more? Yeah, exactly. And it's a playoff. So, you know, playoff. with the shotgun start, right, there's, there's people, there's people all, all over spread out finishing simultaneously. But in this circumstance, with the playoff, everybody was in one location. And you show the, show the guy with the, with the cutoff shirt on with the, with the live golf in the back on that video. When Dom was showing this to me earlier, I was watching. I was look at this guy. You, I, I gotta believe that he was a plant. Cause show him again, <laughs> right? When you're putting the video together, it's like, hey, we want to show different crowd. We're gonna do. You're gonna be in yeah, like a tank what? top with thing, live though. golf in the back. I'm, I'm trying really, really hard to be impartial, and this is one of the things that I said to Matt before we came on the air. Here's the kids section, right? Here's like here's what I said to Matt. Oh, good job. With, she with everything going on, with everything going on. With the money, with the politics, you know, there's anger on both sides. There's frustration on both sides. There's lawsuits all over the place. That kid spinning that plate has no idea. He doesn't know where the money's coming from. He doesn't understand the politics. He doesn't care. And he's being, maybe he got an autograph from Bubba Watson. Yeah. Maybe he watched Dustin Johnson hit a drive. He's at a golf event and he's having a good time. And so what I was saying to Matt is, with all this crap going on on the periphery, and I understand it's it's complicated, I understand that there's people on one side or the other, but you can still, I I mean, Matt, can't you just argue that in general, in the most general sense, it is good for golf? That kid probably got an autograph from Bubba Watson. He's having a good time. He doesn't know all the crap that's going on on the sides. It's that's a that's a net positive, is it not? That everything that's everything that live has done or has caused to be done ultimately is going to benefit what's happening with the game of golf. Now that's that's going to that's going to cause people who hate live to be furious at that revelation. But it doesn't change the fact. I've said this a million times. You can hate the source of funds for live. You have every right to feel that way and still look at it and go, okay, but what they're doing with these events may work for them. You can look at it and go, oh, it's a joke that it's 54 holes instead of 72 or that it has no cut or that it's a shotgun start. It's essentially an exhibition. Okay. But even if it's an exhibition, it's still a competition. It's just a competition by their definition. You may accept it or not accept it. Uh, I get it. That's, that's a choice that you have. But what I'm getting at it in terms of the bigger things, and, and Phil Mickelson spoke about this on Saturday because he was asked about it, where it, it started with asking Phil if he's happy that the live golfers are allowed to play in shorts. And, and again, live made a big deal out of that with the announcement and all the rest. Uh, you know what? I don't care myself. I'm, I'm happy that they're, if, that they're happy if they can play in shorts. I, I, I really don't care one way or the other if, if they uh, play in them or don't play in them. I like the fact that they have a choice. That's fine. But so this sound from Phil started out with, with asking about that. Uh, 
He was asked about being in the mix from a team standpoint because obviously individually Phil has not played well since he went there. I think, you know, with everything that Phil did to himself from last fall into this, I think a lot of the image that Phil Mickelson had of himself publicly was was very, very damaged. I'm talking about I'm from, from an individual perspective. Uh, and then, then there was the, the people that said, well, no, no, Phil was vindicated. We're saying, okay, well, Phil's comments that things could be done differently were definitely validated by what took place. I would agree with that. But in terms of saying Phil was vindicated from his fall from grace, he was not vindicated from his fall from grace because Phil didn't have a fall from grace because people didn't like what he said about the PGA Tour. It was because the revelation of who Phil was behind the scenes. And that's the reason why so many players, some of whom he's playing alongside of in these live events, and I know it because they were sending me text messages as we were on the air, uh, these players all piled on the fill because for years they were operating behind the, the facade of, of who the, the fill machine wanted him to be portrayed as being. And Phil was just revealed for who he is. So now he's taking a step back. He's going to let the dust settle, and he's going to try to come back with the, with the, the thumbs up, et cetera, et cetera. That doesn't mean that Phil didn't have merit in what he was saying in terms of things could be done differently. Different conversation. And if from that standpoint, if someone pressed and said, well, wasn't he validated from that? Yeah, okay. I'd be willing to accept that. So this was Phil from Saturday uh, talking about those things. But again, it starts with, uh, you know, the kind of lighter stuff of saying, hey, you're able to wear shorts now. I mean, I think this is a long time coming in the game of golf. And um, I think it just it just takes a disruptor like Liv to um, to get things done. And they've uh, been leading in, every, in, in many ways. And I, I'm very happy that they... Uh, are leading in the, in this particular area, and I hope for the. I, I have a lot of friends on tour, and I hope for their their sake the tour follows because uh, I think it's good for golf. I think it's great for the players. It feels good. It's more comfortable. It's uh, especially when we start getting into some hot temperatures, and I just think it's a, a great thing. Greg said you were very influential in the decision. Um, <laughs> I might have given my input. <laughs> And just how fun is it to be in the mix from a team standpoint? I mean, you're probably getting tired of uh, four aces. Uh, it's it's really fun for us. Um, we've got a couple of really solid players um, in Cameron Tringali and Bern Weisberger, and then we've got an explosive uh, player with a lot of firepower in Matt Wolf. And um, we all got together and played some practice rounds early in the week. You could tell that it was. We all thought it was going to be a pretty good week. And uh, those guys have put it together, and uh, tomorrow's going to be a fun day. It's really going to be a fun day for us. Phil, you talked about the momentum it can give you watching your teammates do well. What does it mean to you to be a captain, and what do you think that the team aspect adds to the game of golf? Um, it's going to add a lot more than, than you might see on the surface. And um, obviously it's fun, and it is a whole different element that we have, but what it's going to do is that as an individual, when I play, I try to put together a support system to help me play my best, right? So that's going to be inclusive, obviously, instruction. It's going to be inclusive of uh, fitness and working out and getting my body to function right. So you've got to have the right kind of workout. Then you have to have 
the right physical therapy, the right recovery, so forth, the right nutrition, all these things to like help you be your best. The team aspect will be able to organize a lot of that. And so instead of having four individuals trying to find those guys on their own, the team puts together their team of maybe instruction, fitness, um, physical therapy, nutrition, uh, travel arrangements, things like that, that can help those players all kind of have a, a more, be more synergistic and, and have the best out there. The team can supply those opportunities and not have each individual be responsible for that. That's like one thing that's coming about over the course of the next few months. And then when you look at player development, when you look at players that will be coming up and you have a few guys on the roster that will be uh, potential players if somebody gets hurt or whatnot, those guys will be working with the right guys to bring their best out. So that's one aspect that we haven't had uh, in golf because the individuals have been responsible for, for putting together all of that, and it, it, it can be overwhelming. Phil, do you feel looser now than you did in, say, London when you're kind of right in the middle of everything going on in the golf world? Uh, I, I wouldn't say I feel looser. I, I'm actually um, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit because I'm putting too much pressure on myself because I've been playing really well at home. I get out here, and I'm, I'm um, playing tight, steering it. I'm just not playing the way... Um, I usually play, which is more free and, and fearless and letting it rip and swinging aggressive. And, and I've been making some tentative kind of steery hold-on swings, and that's not how I've been playing well at home. And it's, it cost me coming down the stretch um, with two sixes. I doubled ten. I didn't birdie eight. I made a bogey on eight, which is a two-shot loss there. And so um, I've, I've got to play a little bit looser. I've got to get back to that to get my best golf out. Why is that? I just want it, you know. I want it. I want to compete. I want to um, contribute to my team. I want to get in contention. I miss being in contention. Um, it's been over a year since I won the PGA, and I, I want to get back into that mix. And that's what's fun. And um, next week, I'm going to be working hard. Like today, there was some good progress made, but I, I mean, I've got to finish that round off. I've got to shoot six, seven under par on that round the way I played. Instead, I shot one. I've got to come out tomorrow, play good all round. Then next week, I'm going to be grinding to get ready for Chicago. But when I say it's not that as far off as it looks, it's because the the, the shots are there. I'm just mentally not as um, playing as free because I'm I'm trying to force it. And when I free up a little bit and relax and play loose, like you're saying, I'm going to get some good scores again. You uh, talked with SI earlier in the week, which I appreciated. Uh, you talked about vindication, talked about some regrets. I'm, I'm wondering if there are any specifics you'd be comfortable sharing uh i didn't say i felt vindicated I, I said i felt happy for the guys that um they they have a voice and they're being valued and they're being heard and changes are being implemented to show that appreciation um because um that hasn't been the case and it hasn't had to be the case because there was no other option and no leverage and uh, now um now they're being heard and things are changing. So things have gotten better for, for everybody every, in, in professional golf. And I believe for the fans too, because they're seeing golf in a different environment with live. They're seeing on the tour, the tours bring in their best players together more often. Um, live is moving professional golf throughout the world. Live is adding a team aspect, which is different. They're adding uh, a different viewership to watch golf without commercials and shot after shot. So I think the fans are, are getting 
a lot of benefit out of this, and the, all golfers, all professional golfers are getting a lot of benefit. The guys on the tour are playing for a lot more money. It's great that they magically found a couple hundred million. That's awesome. And then out on Live, you know, we've um, – we have as players an incredible opportunity here to to play for a lot of money and to be part of a team aspect and um, uh, to really build this brand up and showcase it throughout the world. So everybody's, um, I think, in a better position now than they were a year ago. Interesting comments from Phil Mickelson. Uh, it, it also interesting too. While that was playing, Dom was reading responses that are coming in from people that are watching us from wherever they are around the world. As we're on live, as you guys know, every day at 8 a.m. Eastern time, and I mention that because the people writing it obviously know that, but for those of you, about 98% of our consumption comes on demand. Uh, but if you choose to, to engage in the conversation, we're live every day at 8 a.m. Eastern time uh, during the week. And so he, he had this letter from someone, I, I, I don't know who it was that wrote in and said that Matt was so butthurt about Live Golf. And I, I, the reason I was shaking my head is, is for the following reason. Live Golf and the PGA Tour, it has gotten to the point where you either have to be one side or the other side. Honestly, is there another golf broadcaster or another show that has tried to be as equitable as we have in terms of telling the story of each side such that you guys can make a decision as to what product you want to consume and how and why? You know, after... PGA Tour announced all these changes. There was a lot of chirping. Uh, first chirp I heard was from the live side going, hey, they're copying us, which I thought was interesting. But from that standpoint, the way I looked at it as I shrugged my shoulders and said, look, any successful business that doesn't watch what a primary competitor is doing and then use that as a basis to analyze their own product and say, what are we doing well? What aren't we doing well? What changes do we need to make to keep up with the marketplace? Call that a magical $200 million the way that Phil Mickelson did if you want to. It definitely, I believe, impacted changes. Is that to Phil's credit? Absolutely. Is that to other players' credit? Absolutely. Is it to their all credit? Yes. It's all good. It all worked. It fostered communication. It fostered changes on both sides. Okay, it gets stronger. But from the standpoint where, where Liv says, well, no, they're copying us. I, from that standpoint, I shake my head. I guess with more money, you could say that. But, you know, Liv are 54-hole events. Liv are no-cut events. Liv are shotgun start events. Liv are massive money up front. I guess that would be equivalent, say, to appearance fees, if you will. But, I mean... So many of those, no-cut events, they've got those. Not every event, but they got them. Already existed. 54 holes, that part of it I'm not crazy about. I I think from all this stuff from a fan's perspective and how great it is for fans, I still think 54 holes uh, is, is too few. I think 72 is a grind. I think it does identify the best player. But again, it's 50. If, if Liv chooses 54 holes because that's what their league, that's what their tour does, Okay, I'm all right with that, too. They, they make whatever choice they want. It's their league in, in terms of how they play. Uh, the, you know, the celebration they had afterwards, which I thought was, was fun looking with this. I, I'm assuming they were spraying champagne. I don't know if it was beer. I don't know what it was. But they were spraying each other around after, after the big win. I mean, that's obviously taken right out of the Formula One book. Who cares? The fact that 
these guys are going to look at each other. Like, for example, the video we were watching earlier, that's obviously some kind of fan village. It's obviously to ensure that people who are not there to watch the golf, of which it happens, have something else to do. That's happening in golf everywhere today. That's everywhere today. All of the big events have that. Good. Again, who cares? If one says, oh, you got that idea from us. All right, yeah. I think the best thing to do would just be go, yeah, yeah, you're right, I did. So it's great. Let people be entertained. Make it, make it like a festival, a fair of golf. All that is, is excellent. So again, from the standpoint of, of where these two fall, my feeling is I'm not butthurt about live at all, contrary to the message. I'm willing to let live be live and willing to let the other tours be who they are. I do think that people can make choices in terms of what they want to consume and why. Uh, if, if there are other agendas at play, call it the, the sports watching that people say and all that other stuff, again, you have to sort all that. Maybe the, maybe the person said that I, I felt that way because I said if someone has, is, is offended by the source of funding for Live Golf, they have a right to be. Okay, well, I stand by that. You do have a right to be. That doesn't mean that I'm telling you that other people cannot feel that way or cannot uh, enjoy the product. We're trying to, to talk about the two respective products individually and what they mean. So from that standpoint, I look at it and say, okay, uh, here's another angle. As yet, if, if the two primary adversaries in this discussion, which I think they are, the PGA Tour and Live Golf, so far the lawsuits have come from the Live side back to the PGA Tour, not the PGA Tour to Live. Right? The antitrust, the fact that Live Golf joined it, et cetera, et cetera. So that you've got players who went to Live and said, well, I'm going to Live because I want to play less and I want to spend more time with family. Uh, some of them have also said, yeah, sure, it was a business decision. The money is huge. Okay. I don't blame anybody for any of those, those reasons. They're, they're the reasons that they made a decision. Uh, other people will bemoan and say, well, why didn't you consider like the moral issues and where the money's coming from and all the rest. And, and again, I'm the one that's also said, wait a minute, this exact same fund is over $40 billion invested in American corporations. That exact same fund has more money invested in Uber, for example, than they'll invest in Live Golf. Right? So I always caution people, be careful where you cast your moral outrage. It seems as though it's easier to cast it upon the actions of another than to take a look at our own, which includes what we put into our gas tank, right? But there's various reasons for that. You can have all kinds of different discussions. I had somebody this weekend go, look, yeah, it's a little different when, when you're working for a sole owner, in other words, this fund, versus it being part of a diverse investment, which includes many billions of dollars, most likely. Yeah, I get it. All right. All I'm saying is you, I still think you have to be careful of hypocrisy when you judge another for doing something that ostensibly you are also participating in, even if it's to a much lesser degree as a percentage. So those are other items. It, it, 
the, the bottom line is, is what I'm saying with that is that with the lawsuits and all the rest, if you choose to consume live as a, as a, a fan, if we choose to consume the, all the other tours, PGA Tour, DP World Tour, LPGA Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, uh, again, we can go on and on. The Asian Tour, the Japanese Tour, etc. Good. Do what you enjoy doing. Right? But when it comes down to these two tours, the players that have gone to live, the PGA Tour has said, we have criteria to be a member of the PGA Tour. If you go to live, you are violating our criteria. Right? And I realize that they're going to go back through, through court action and go, you don't have the right to make that call because you're operating as a monopoly and we're supposed to be uh, independent contractors, et cetera. But, I, but again, the tours are smart. The fact that the PGA Tour is going, hey, if you're a top player, you got to play a minimum of 20 events. So that even if a court action, in my opinion, even if a court action came back and said, oh, yeah, you, uh, you can't do that tour. You can't say to people that they're independent contractors and then block them from going to someplace else. You can't do that, right? So even if, if that may be the case, but there's no way that the tour or the, the court could say, no, but you don't have a right to set a minimum number of events that someone has to participate in in order to be a member of your tour. Okay, play wherever you want. But if you don't have any time to do it, it's a very smart strategic move. That's the way I look at that. If I'm reading it correctly, that's the way I look at that, right? So my bottom line with all this stuff is, contrary to the, to the, the guy that wrote in, is that accept the fact that you guys are different. Accept the fact that on either side, you are choosing a path. And let golf, in terms of how it's consumed, be different. Again, if you hate live golf, if you love live golf, whichever side you, you stand on that, if you hate the PGA Tour, if you love the PGA Tour, whatever side you stand on all that, consume what you want to consume. There is a reason why restaurants have menus. I don't judge a person who's, who's morally outraged at the source of funds. I still think they need to consider a few other things in terms of what engagement do they have with companies that are also being funded by the same fund. Maybe not owned, granted, but it is a consideration and it's a conversation that should be had in terms, in terms of where that balance is. But outside of that, from just the perspective of the kid spinning a plate, If you want to consume the game of golf in the way that you want to consume it, if you want to do something different, if you want to engage yourself in a way that is not based upon how it's been done in the past, you have every right to do it. What I don't think is necessary is the two tours fighting with each other. And again, in fairness, right now, the the lawsuits are coming from the live side if they have a product that they're happy with, if they have a product that the fans are happy with, if, if it is working for Live Golf, then let it work for Live Golf and enjoy it. 
if the PGA Tour is making changes, even if those changes have been influenced greatly by competition and it makes it better for everybody in terms of now we're going to be able to see the top players playing and know when they are and hopefully with, with even more frequency, that's great. That's good for all of us. So it's funny that the, the name is live. And in this case, maybe the answer is live and let live. More of the Fairways of Life show coming up. In Ireland, golf is more than just a game. Come and experience our world-famous Lynx courses and our world-famous Parkland courses, all set alongside world-famous scenery. And visit our world-famous historic sites. And while you're here, enjoy our world-famous hospitality. Press the green button and start your journey at ireland.com slash golf. You're a golf fan. I am giving all this equipment away. I'm Matt Adams, host of the Fairways of Life show. We're the only live daily golf show on YouTube. We're also available on demand. You can just click and subscribe right here. And we give away product to our subscribers. I literally give it to you. What other show does that? There is no other show that's live every day on YouTube. All you have to do is click and subscribe. And you got a chance at winning some of this. Want to get ball fit like the pros? Now it's easy. Just grab your phone and a friend and have them record a video of you hitting a drive. Hello, Senior Tour. I absolutely smoked that. (laughs) Anyway, submit your video to BridgestoneGolf.com. You'll receive an email showing your stats and the best tour B for your game. So get fit and get better. Sweet. You got me on a good day. Are you ready for golf's biggest season ever? Because we are. Our certified fitters are waiting to fit you for free with the latest clubs from Callaway, TaylorMade, Cobra, Titleist, and more. Plus, shop the latest gear and apparel from all your favorite brands. Experience golf's biggest selection under one roof. Don't just shop this season. Shop with the pros at the PGA Tour Superstore. Are you an E or a C? Both have Ridgeback. These are loaded with tech. Which one are you gaming? Definitely E for me. It's just so forgiving. I'm definitely an E. C is for Cheka. What else? C is for kill it. C is me. Low spinning bombs. So, are you an E or a C? Hmm. I don't know. Hey, wait a minute. Pound for pound, nothing comes close. This is the Wiz. It tracks your swing in real time. Got it. One, zero, one. Gives you feedback in real time so you feel where you are in your golf swing. Transition, plus 4.2 inches. Length of backswing, 50.3 inches. The Wiz have really helped me to keep that consistent swing. Instead of guessing, I get the direct feedback. Transition on plane. That's the mic drop. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. Absolute delight to have your company, folks. So the BMW PGA Championship is taking place this week. And the BMW PGA Championship, of course, is at Wentworth, about 20 minutes or so outside of London. Uh, In all this discussion we just had in segment one about 
players from the DP World Tour, players from the PGA Tour, and players from Live. Well, they're going to mix this week because unlike on the U.S. side, where the judge in California said, no, nah, the tour has a right to, to bar you guys based upon uh, what, their, what their standards of membership are. In the UK, it didn't go that way. So that question still is going to be resolved at some point down the road, which means you're going to have live players playing at the BMW PGA Championship this week, which on a personal level, I know that the, a lot of players against it. I'm going to play a cut from Rory in a second. In fact, let me play the cut from Rory right now. This was from the Tour Championship when he was asked about the prospect of having players from Live come back and playing at the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth. No, I don't think so, because if you believe in something, I think you have to, you have to speak up. Um, and I believe very strongly about this. I really do. Uh, I hate what it's doing to the game of golf. I hate it. Like, I really do. I mean, like it's, it's going to be hard for me to stomach going to Wentworth in a couple of weeks' time and seeing 18 of them there. Like, that just, it just doesn't sit right with me. Um, so, yeah, I feel strongly. I, I, believe, uh, I believe what I'm saying are the right things, and I think when you believe that what you're saying is the right things, you're, you're happy to, to stick your neck out on the line. So it'll be interesting this week with Rory McIlroy. He definitely seems like he's got this kind of, uh, what do I call it, a renewed competitive spirit. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he's able to channel that this week in terms of how he competes. And remember, like when he first was winning majors by eight strokes or more, is that the Rory that we're going to see? Or will it... Will it overboil? Will it overheat on the boil and, and not happen? Uh, what happens if these players that he's referring to, remember Martin Keimer has announced that he's not going because he just felt like he said, I, I don't feel like I'll be welcome there. What happens if we end up with an absolutely delicious leaderboard that has Rory McIlroy and has one of the top players that went to live? I think that would be incredibly compelling. Right, and I'm not so so certain that it wouldn't be a benefit to the DP World Tour. Now, the DP World Tour is remember they're in partnership with the PGA Tour now, but the DP World Tour is making sure in various ways that the message is going forth to go. Yeah, we know you guys have a right to be here; it's a legal right to be there on top of everything else, but you're not really wanted. I mean, it's pretty clear message that that's being sent there. In fact, there was a, a, a letter from Keith Pelly, the chief executive of the DP World Tour, formerly known as the European Tour. And he, he asked the live players out of respect not to wear the live logos. And then somebody else came back and said, based upon the court fi- filing on the U.S. side that showed uh, redacted elements of the live contracts, the players are, are required by contract to wear the logo when they are, are competing wherever they're competing. So, I mean, that's a difficult one to, to resolve there, to ask a player not to do it. But then it, on the other side, the player has a legal obligation to do it. So I, I can see that that may be spun this week as, as an act of defiance, but it doesn't sound like an act of defiance to me when they're legally obliged based upon a con- contract that they signed to, to display the logo. So the drama that, that it paints for this week 
again, from the standpoint, from and I look at everything from a, from a fan's perspective. From a fan's perspective, I mean, it's really compelling, right? Are you fired up for this event this week? I am for a whole variety of different reasons. I'm really excited. Now, one of them is I happen to like the golf course. I think the, the, the first hole at the West course at Wentworth, to me, might be the best hole in the golf course. And I've always wondered that question of what courses or what holes can you think of that, you know, the signature hole might be the first hole? Right? And to that point, if you're watching us on the television side, you can see, uh, you can see now the air times for the BMW PGA Championship and DP World to a stout, stout field. Uh, Thursday and Friday starts at 7 a.m., Saturday and Sunday at 7 a.m. Thursday and Friday will go to 1 p.m. All these times are Eastern, and on Saturday and Sunday it'll go to 12.30 p.m. scheduled. But obviously, again, it's a live event. It's going to go to whatever it goes to. So I, I think it's great. I think it's great for us as, as fans. It's, it's great for us to take all this in. Could be, should be a lot of fun. Uh, this this past weekend, I thought it was an absolute celebration of golf. At the Dana Open, you had Gabby Lopez in the final round shoot a 63. Megan Kang was right in the mix. She shot a 64. And for Gabby Lopez, she had to make a tough putt on top of everything else just to secure it. When she got done... Obviously, she addressed the media and, and she was asked about, you know, with such a packed leaderboard, did she start the day with a very aggressive mindset? More than aggressive mindset, I guess more of a quiet mindset. Um, yeah, I mean, I knew I had to make a lot of birdies to give myself a chance. I knew I had I needed to, with all the names in the leaderboard with, you know, Lexi and Nasa and you know, uh, Hannah, how, so many girls that I know they can really go low on a, on a Sunday. Um, I just told myself if I just try to break it down, like block it, um, block by block and box by box and shot by shot and process through process, um, if I do that, then we have a greater chance. Yeah, my grandmother, um, she's pre- pretty much my, my guide. She guides me through life. She guides me to God. And... Um, I've been in touch with her a lot this year, more than any other, because I felt that I was um, overthinking and doubting myself too much. And she always told me, um, you know, that everything is inside of us. And if we start looking for everything outside, then we're not going to hit the jackpot. And we really got to just have true, honest conversations, even even if we don't like them. Um, so, yeah, she encouraged me to, to journal, to, you know, kind of stay closer to God. Yeah, so I was uh, helping Steph getting everything out of the dishwasher, and all all of a sudden I saw this exactly the same trophy as today. I, I think it's like probably um, I don't know where you put flowers, right? Yeah, yeah. And I told it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks exactly how the trophy looks like uh, for tomorrow. And and she said, well, you guys, you should you should practice. So I hold it, and I was like, okay. <laughs> And honestly, you see, when, when that's when the mind gets really, really interesting. Yeah. When you see yourself a little bit where you want to be yeah. and you see yourself ahead, um, it doesn't come as a surprise as much, probably. So, yeah, the power of mind is, 
it's pretty much everything in, in this game. It was an incredible finish by Gabby Lopez, uh, PGA Tour Superstore. If you log on to PGATourSuperstore.com, you can see the, the full product line. And the reason why I mentioned that to you today is, I know this might, might come as a great shock, but we're already in September. You know, I'm already seeing, I, I'm seeing Christmas and holiday decorations out in stores already, believe it or not. So having said that, if you put your ear to the ground, you can find out what your golf-loving loved one is thinking about or wants. Uh, and going on to PJ Tour Superstore, I think, is a great way to take a look at all of the lines. Now, uh, maybe over the course, what was I saying earlier about chicken wings and beers with your, with your buddies at some sports pub? Maybe they've been doing a lot of that. And what used to be an XL shirt is a double X. The beauty of going on to the website is you can see all of the lines because as big as these stores are, as you just saw a beautiful photo of and video of, of one of them, there's more than 50 spread out from coast to coast. Uh, they still can't have every single item and every single size displayed in the stores. So on the website, which is virtual space, that's endless, you can see everything and you'll know what you want. And I always like to say, you know, the one size that fits all is a, a, a gift card. So someone could go out. In my, I have, we have a different dynamic here at our house. And I'm going to the PJ Tour Superstore today, I'll be honest with you, where I go in, I get Donna, whatever, whatever, Mother's Day, birthday, holidays, whatever. I get her the stuff that I think is really nice and I think she's going to like. And she's really happy when she opens it and she thanks me and gives me a big hug. Then she takes it back and trades it all back in and get, gets what she wants. Last time I did it, I got her all this great stuff. And like a week or two later, she's, uh, I'm like, where'd you get that new golf bag? She was like, oh, this is my new golf bag. And it has matching head covers and all this stuff. I was like, did you get that at PJ Tour Superstore? You know, I'm supervising. And she's like, yeah, yeah. I, and, I, and I got back a credit because I, I traded in, you know, all those shirts and stuff you got. Thanks. Anyway, one size fits all if you get, get the gift card. PJTourSuperstore.com shop uh, with the pros. So... For the 25, the finals on Corn Ferry Tour, you know, the other night, Sunday night, when I signed off, I said, thanks for celebrating the game with us. Because in all of these arguments about what the game is supposed to be, which is in essence what I've been saying right along to you guys, is that I think the game is what you make it. The game is what works for you individually. Right? Uh, a lot of this other stuff is lightning bolts amongst the gods. But if you enjoy something, you enjoy it. And for the finals 25, remember there's 50 PGA Tour cards handed out by through the Corn Ferry Tour regular season points and then through the 25. And, and with the 25, you've got a lot of these players that are coming down from the PGA Tour that finished outside of, of being fully exempt and they got a chance to get it back this way, uh, players that have performed well and had, you know, good PGA Tour careers, but were out like David Lingmurth, who finished second on the list that, that I'm telling you about. But the, this, the leaderboard that's on your screen right now is for the Corn Ferry Tour Championship itself, which Justin saw one. You can see Austin Eckrope finished second, a couple of shots behind him and, and so forth. So, what John put together for us in terms of the sound that you just hear, these are all players that have either gained for the first time or gained back 
access to the PGA Tour. Now, again, it goes into uh, all of it when it comes to the PGA Tour in terms of getting into the fields. They still have to be slotted, and they, and they, but they have the right to play on the PGA Tour. Uh, so the sound that he put together, Justin saw in terms of how it feels to win this event, et cetera. Uh, Tano Goya, a, the 34-year-old veteran, and he's a winner, in fact, in the DP World Tour in the past. But it was like, how does it feel to secure your tour card? Ryan Armour, this is what I'm telling you. Like, you hear that name, you go, Ryan Armour? He wasn't exempt? No, he is now. And it, it, he was asked that he look at the standings at the beginning of the week. Kyle Westmoreland, who served his country, who worked his way back in, finished at 25. He was the number. Carson Young who was asked, I love this first question, how do the words your tour bound strike you? And as I mentioned, Austin Eckrode, who was uh, gained initial uh, access to the Corn Ferry Tour because of PGA Tour U, uh, and now he has gained his way through, through his own labors and work and convictions uh, to play in on the PGA Tour next year. So here's just a sampling of Corn Ferry Tour guys that got it done, and we're going to see them on the big tour next year. Feels great. I mean, it was a long day. I mean, we didn't we almost didn't think we were going to play, but um, it feels great to finish at number one, to win the last event after coming close so many times. Um, you know, my game has progressed so much over the course of the year, and it feels extremely gratifying that it paid off. After I birdied uh, number 12, I felt pretty good there. It was a big par save on 14, um, and birdie on 15. I felt pretty good. I didn't look at the leaderboard. It really wasn't a leaderboard to look at. Um, Honestly, I saw Tano's name at 25 on 15. Yeah, on 15. And I was nervous for him because he just made a bogey on 12, and I knew he was on the bubble there. But super happy for him. I mean, it was awesome to see him finish. I mean, it's, it's one of the most important, important weeks of, uh, of the Corn Ferry year. Um, I know it's a lot of stress for, for guys who are fighting to get their tour cards, but um, it's an exciting week. Um, yeah, I'm just really happy that... A couple of my friends got in. It's a great confidence boost. Um, I haven't won in a while. Um, that's something I learned to do in college and to kind of take the next next step and win out here. It's uh, you know it's, it's a big confidence boost. Oh, it's been a long day. Um, it's been a long week, but um, somehow I knew I was going to pull it off. Um, worked so hard the last couple of weeks with my mental coach. Uh, obviously, with all my team, been working so hard lately. The last year was was crazy, but this this last last couple of weeks, uh, I was think came with me, and he came with a mission of taking me to the PGA Tour. He said we're gonna make it, and and we did it. So I'm I'm speechless. I'm I'm so happy about it. But but mainly I'm proud. I'm proud of myself. The way I grew up, worked this way this year, though, you know, some sometimes the result didn't go as planned and didn't go very well. Um, I knew as I, I came into this week, I had a chance. And, you know, in my, in my mind, I said to, you know, I'm going to give it everything I have. And, and it was enough. So I'm, I'm proud of myself. I'm just proud of just sticking, you know, sticking to it. Uh, don't, you know, don't lose the confidence. Um, you know, I'm 34 years old. I'm 15 years of my career. And I think this, this year I work harder than ever. And, and I'm really feeling my game really getting there, you know. And I felt like I played really good golf this year. And... I think it's enough, you know, it's enough to be in the PGA Tour. Now, obviously, now it's a, it's a little step towards my goals, you know, getting to the PGA Tour, getting my card there, uh, winning the PGA Tour. 
But yeah, that's just, this is the beginning, you know. Now I have to keep working harder and harder because I know it's going to be harder than on the PG Tour. I know these guys work uh, so hard. But that's not a problem. I'm, I'm ready for it. Uh, I did. I, I knew I needed to play well. And uh, first things first, you know, you got to take care of Thursday and Friday. And Friday's round was a big round of golf. Uh, to go out and shoot four under, even bogey in the last, uh, that was a big round of golf for me to, to make sure I had a, you know, a seat at the table for Saturday and Sunday. And to come out, and I, I mean, I played good this weekend. I hit it where I was looking for the most part. Uh, my driver's a little suspect right now, but uh, for the most part, I, I, I hit it well and I made some putts. That's huge. I mean, you got to go out and play good. I mean, that's what the PGA Tour is. You're always in a reshuffle. But, you know, my kids are at a very influential age right now at 13 and 11, two boys, and they need to go out and work hard. Just like, And I'm trying to show them what that means and what you can do if you do, you know, get off the couch and work. <laughs> uh, it's the craziest experience you could imagine. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's anywhere else in golf. I think I told you, like, Q School may have, you know, may have – been similar in some ways but I was so much more nervous once I finished playing golf and started looking at the scores and what could happen and people moving I mean you know just word to the wise don't be on the bubble it is crazy I'm happy to be that you know on this side of it congrats I mean Joey Garber played so good down the stretch he did such I mean such great such a great finish after making a double and I think he made four birdies to finish but he did he did a great job so if it went either way you know I would have been happy for him and try to move on and just, you know, get better at golf and go try to win. But I'm happy to be on this side of it, happy to, you know, be a member of the PGA Tour. And uh, we just need to get better at some things and let's go try to win. It's crazy, you know. It's Joe, the guy I had caddying for me this week, he caddied for me in my first Q school where I missed that first stage in 2019. I was still on active duty or whatnot and, and finishing up my active duty time and I missed and to come in full circle and caddy for me this week and last week it, it's it's been awesome and you know to think where we've got we've gotten a lot better in the last three years um you know i'm very thankful to have had my military service time but this new new profession is pretty fun even on days like today where you know gray hairs are definitely coming and i just seeing the you know the shout out from all my friends and family and team it's it's just incredible it's what you've been working for for so long right so for me I knew I wanted to play on the PGA Tour from my junior year in college, and I had five years of waiting time. I saw buddies that I'd played with and played against and was, you know, maybe successful against or maybe not, but I thought I could compete with. Saw them go to the PGA Tour, do great things, and I just had a, you know, a little waiting time, and then to come out and just finally make it, it's been probably 10 years in the making, and it's just very awesome. You know, it's, I'm very thankful to be here, and it means a lot. We took a roundabout way to get here, but we're there, so... Happy to be here. Hadn't really sunk in, um, to be honest. Uh, I mean, this is what I've dreamed of my whole life. And uh, a year ago today, I didn't ever really think, you know, I was on the verge of quitting golf. Just to, to be on the corn ferry was a huge blessing. To win early in the season was a huge blessing. And to, uh, just to have a chance to make it to the PGA Tour was was huge. And uh, so to finally get there, it's, I mean, I can't believe it right now. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> I'm just excited. Just five years of, of trying to make it on the Corn Ferry. I've I missed Q School four times or maybe three times since COVID year didn't count um, and just barely making it on the PGA Tour Canada. Um, yeah, if I missed it again, you know, I was kind of just running out of money and just running out of time and patience, have a wife and, 
you know, a family to support. And so just being on the road away from family and, and my wife is, is tough. So uh, that was kind of the reasoning of maybe quitting, but we made it through and God's got a plan and here we are today. So <laughs> just knowing I was good enough. I mean, I've won at every level. Um, and my wife was always there for me, there for me. She always believed in me. She never, you know, said, you know, hey, you need to quit or do this or be home with me more. She always believed in me and told me, do whatever you think. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's really, <laughs> that's it. I know, it's crazy. You know, it's just been a, a really fun year. You know, I mean, we've started, I was started at Monday Qualifiers, had conditional status, uh, started playing, you know, consistently after Kansas City. So it was a short year. I had to do something special just to get into the top 75. And, you know, I finished second in, um, in Illinois and kind of put myself in a good spot. And now I'm um, tour bound, I guess. Yeah, it, it happened quick. You know, I went from I wasn't quite sure where I was going to end up next year to uh, to now I'm, you know, playing PJ Tour. It's pretty great. Oh, I mean, right when I started playing. I got involved when I was really young. My dad played. And, um, you know, I always want to be a professional golfer, you know, as Growing up in, in school, I never wanted to be an astronaut. It was always a professional golfer. So it's, you know, finally to achieve, it's pretty cool. Very cool stuff. And it was very cool to see all of those players achieve their, their dreams. Okay, so we have breaking news at this moment as well. This is a press release that's just been sent to us from the President's Cup. In uh, the title of it reads, International Team Captain Trevor Immelman announces his six picks for the 2022 President's Cup. Again, this just came through about uh, 30 seconds ago. The international team for the 2022 President's Cup was finalized today with the international team Captain Trevor Immelman selecting the six players to complete his team. Immelman selected South Africa's Christian Bezadenhout, Australia's Cam Davis, South Korea's Siwoo Kim, and K.H. Lee, Colombia's Sebastian Munoz, and Canada's Taylor Pendrith. The President's Cup will be contested at Quail Hollow Club in Charlotte, North Carolina, the week of September 20th to 25th. Of the six captains' picks, five are first-time participants, with Kim making his President's Cup debut in 2017. In total, seven countries are represented on the international team, Australia, Canada, Chile, Colombia, Japan, South Africa, and South Korea. And then it has the, the following bios for each one. Christian Bezadenhout from South Africa, age 28. Best PGA Tour finish was a tie for second at the 2022 John Deere Classic. He is a President's Cup rookie. The 2021 highlights, he qualified for the FedEx Cup playoffs and advanced all the way to the BMW Championship in his first season as a PGA Tour member thanks to a runner-up finish at the John Deere Classic. He finished in the top 25 and 10 of his 24 starts during the season. He missed only four cuts. Captain Immelman on Christian Bezadenhout saying, quote, Christian is a world-class player who has enjoyed a lot of success on the DP World Tour and has become more of a household name for the fans in the U.S. over the last two years. As a fellow South African, I've watched his game evolve throughout the career throughout his career, and he is statistically one of the best putters in the game. I look forward to him bringing that weapon to Quail Hollow Club. End quote. Cam Davis from Australia is 27 years old. He is a one-time winner on the PGA Tour. Uh, This will be his rookie President's Cup in the 21-22 season. 
in his third full season in the PGA Tour, he recorded a career-high five top ten finishes, including a tie for third at the RBC Heritage, where he carded a final round 63. He held the outright 18-hole lead at the Charles Schwab Challenge and route to a tie for seventh and used back-to-back top tens at the John Deere tie for eighth and Barracuda sixth to help advance to the FedEx Cup playoffs for the third consecutive season. Captain Immelman on Cam Davis, quoting, Cam is a tremendous example of a player who achieved success on every level from the 2017 Australian Open through the Corn Ferry Tour and to last year's win at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. We have watched him emerge globally, and I think he's ready for this moment. He's the latest in a long line of Australians to compete in the President's Cup and will add another layer of Aussie pride to the team, close quote. Siwoo Kim from South Carolina, or from South Korea, sorry, uh, age 27. He's a three-time winner on the PGA Tour. Again, he played in the President's Cup in 2017, a 1-2-0 record. Highlights from last season, recorded 11 top 25s and 29 starts this season, including a tie for eighth at the Sanderson Farms Championship, the 2017 Players' Champion, finished tied for 11th in his title defense at the American Express and used a second-round 64 to finish tied for 11th the following week at the Farmers Insurance Open. He earned a tie for 15th result at the Open uh, at St. Andrews, his best finish in four career uh, appearances at that event. Uh, Trevor said of Siwoom, quoting Siwoom, Kim simply could not be overlooked to rejoin the team at Quail Hollow. From an early age, he's had an incredibly high ceiling. He is the youngest player to have ever won the players at 21 years old. He has President's Cup experience from competing in 2017 on American soil. He is extremely popular in the locker room, and I have deep respect for his unlimited potential, close quote. K.H. Lee from South Korea, age 31. He's a two-time winner on the PGA Tour. He is a rookie at the President's Cup. Highlights from the last year, fueled by a final round 63 and his first career score of 63 or better on tour, successfully defending his title at the AT&T Byron Nelson for his second career PGA Tour victory. One year after finishing tied for 31st in the FedEx Cup, he used a tie for fifth at the BMW Championship to move from number 33 to number 26 and qualify for the Tour Championship. Immelman on... Lee, quote, KH is a proven winner on the PGA Tour and someone who has performed at a high level around the world for quite some time. With each of his AT&T Byron Nelson wins, he went toe-to-toe with some of the best players in the world. But his final round charge at the BMW Championship, where he nearly made our top eight automatic qualifiers, showed me a lot about his grit and determination. With KH, Siwoo Kim, Tom Kim, and Sunjay M. We have the largest contingent of South Korean players in this team in President's Cup history, which I'm sure is a proud moment for everyone in their home country, close quote. Sebastian Munoz from Colombia, age 29, a one-time winner on the PGA Tour. He will be a rookie at the President's Cup. This last season, he had three top five finishes on a season that included a solo third at the RSM Classic, where he opened with a round of 60. He became the first player on tour with multiple rounds of 60 or better after opening with his round of 60 of the season at the AT&T Byron Nelson tied for third. He advanced to BMW Championship for the third consecutive season, finishing 54th in the FedEx Cup. Captain Immelman said of him, Sebastian is an exciting young player who has a history of posting incredibly low numbers on the PGA Tour, shooting 60 twice in the last season. 
As I've watched him compete over the last two years, I've been impressed with his consistency of ball striking as well as his cool, calm demeanor, which is going to be a huge asset for us in the golf course and in the locker room, close quote. And then finally, uh, Taylor Pendrith from Canada, the 31-year-old, his best PGA Tour finish was a tie for second at the Rocket Mortgage Classic this summer. He will be a rookie on the team. Uh, highlights from the season that was held the 54-hole lead at the Butterfield Bermuda Championship before finishing tied for fifth. After being sidelined for four months with a rib injury, he returned to the Barbersaw Championship where he finished tied for 13th. He added a tie for 11th result at the Barracuda Championship before earning his career best with a tie for second the Rocket Mortgage Classic. He added a third top 10 this season at the BMW Championship. Captain Immelman on Taylor Pendrith said, quote, Quail Hollow is a golf course which rewards length, and Taylor is without doubt one of the longest drivers of the ball in our sport. The way he responded to the adversity of a serious injury in his rookie season, rejoined the PGA Tour and had five top 15 finishes in his last six events, highlighted by a tie for second at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, meant he was someone we couldn't look past. Along with that, he will bring with him a loyal Canadian fan base, both on site as well as cheering him on from home. And I look forward to our team responding to that support from Canadians around the world. Close quote. And as we've had on your screen, uh, there is the full team. Hideki Matsuyama, Sunjay M, uh, Tom Kim, Corey Connors, Adam Scott, Mito Pereira, Christian Zadenhaus, Cam Smith, Siwoo Kim, K.H. Lee, Sebastian Munoz, Taylor Pendrith. That is the International President's Cup team. That is uh, breaking news that just came through. Davis Love III will be making his captain's picks for his President's Cup team tomorrow. We will have that for you. Uh, DeWizGolf.com. Log on when you get an opportunity and you can see how and why this incredible technology is something that you may want to employ for your game. You see on the back, This is where you get the instant feedback coming back to you. So you can set the parameters of your game and ensure that your feel is real and you'll get the feedback coming in a little jolt to your wrist or you can get the information directly from the app. It is learning based on neuroscience and measuring your swing in real time and space unlike anything that's ever existed in the game before. And that's why so many huge names are adopting this Technology. DeWizGolf.com for more information. More of the Fairways of Life show. We'll give you some air times when we come back. Stay with us. Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern lower peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to BoyneGolf.com. I guess, hello world, huh? <laughs> and with one subtle hello, Tiger began an amazing and unthinkable career. I've done it for 20 years now with, with Bridgestone. It allows me to play an aggressive style around the greens, and it's allowed me to win a lot of tournaments. Bridgestone Golf, proud to be part of your journey. You're a golf fan. I am giving all this equipment away. 
I'm Matt Adams, host of the Fairways of Life show. We're the only live daily golf show on YouTube. We're also available on demand. You can just click and subscribe right here, and we give away product to our subscribers. I literally give it to you. What other show does that? There is no other show that's live every day on YouTube. All you have to do is click and subscribe, and you got a chance at winning some of this. Are you ready for golf's biggest season ever because we are our certified fitters are waiting to fit you for free with the latest clubs from callaway taylormade cobra titleist and more plus shop the latest gear and apparel from all your favorite brands experience golf's biggest selection under one roof don't just shop this season shop with the pros at the pga tour superstore created without the constraints of time or money PXG golf clubs are the most technologically advanced available today, and they are a perfect union of art, science, and engineering. And the PXG experience is unlike any you've had before. After you've been custom fit, your clubs will be built to exacting standards and your exact specs in the USA. So when you hear it, you know, PXG, nobody builds golf clubs the way we do, period. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. company folks thanks for joining us on this monday back in the comfy confines of our fairways of life studio and it's great to be back here and it's great to have your company with all of you don behind the glass andrew behind the glass today as well let's give you some air times of what's coming up and when so you know when to get all of your golf which as i've already been telling you throughout the course of the show i can't wait it is all compelling to me bmw pga championship flagship event for what used to be called the European Tour, now known as the DP World Tour. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it starts at 7 a.m. Eastern time each of those four days on Golf Channel. Thursday and Friday to 1 p.m. is the broadcast window on the weekend. It's a half hour shorter to 12.30. Uh, but again, it's a live event, so we'll see when it, when it ends and how that plays itself out. All the storylines, they will continue to flow. Uh, other storylines, just as an aside, that will continue to flow. We just shared with you the breaking news about how Trevor Immelman has completed his International President's Cup team. Davis Love III will complete his tomorrow. We'll pass that along to you as soon as we get it as well. Uh, and all of the, the questions about what's going to happen at the BMW PGA Championship competitively this week because players are flat out saying, I hate seeing so-and-so there. We, we've never had that in the game of golf where it starts to sound more like uh, you know, a hockey game or some other sport. It's, it's classic. Uh, the LPGA, the, the Kroger Queen City Championship, still in Ohio Thursday and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Golf Channel. Saturday and Sunday, the airtime will be at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, the PGA Tour champions, we highlight the PGA Tour champions, one, because we love the tour, and two, because of our relationship with Tour Edge. Tour Edge, pound for pound, the best value and performance in the game of golf, and they're smart. They have chosen the Champions Tour guys, the demographic of the game of golf primarily, and said, you know what, we're going to build product that works well for this demographic, and the guys out there love it. That's why if you see our commercials, you see so many 
of them playing Tour Edge product. Check them out at touredge.com. The PGA Tour Champions Ascension Charity Classic, Friday at 1 p.m., Saturday and Sunday at 5 p.m. are the airtimes for all of that. So as we leave you on this Monday, we covered a lot of ground today. We talked about a lot of things today. Ultimately, for me, it comes down to this. I believe that golf can be a feast. It can be a buffet. Choose what you want. Thanks for joining us. Bye for now.